0: All right, so this is Infosec decoded number 24, ZDNA, and that's what I'm starting with. I was very excited to read this. There are viruses that use different DNA. You know, vir- DNA is only supposed to have the four um, the four letters that are used, the four base pairs. But there's another one that uses a ZDNA, um, and it is replaces one of the four fundamental base pairs with a different chemical, which they say means that most of the defenses that bacteria have to fight the virus don't work. They look for a pattern of base pairs. And when they don't find the right one, they don't recognize it. And um, one, one of the part that's most fun about this is they found that the protein precursors for this, or the chemical precursors anyway, are found in meteorites. So that kind of raises the entertaining possibility that had been raised many times that life may have been seeded here by meteorites, rather than evolving straight from zero here. And in particular, this kind of life might in fact be a visitor from a meteorite. Of course, they haven't proven that by any means, but that is the point of the Mars mission and the other missions that are coming up. There ought to be some life in outer space, some extraterrestrial life. I highly doubt there's anybody we can talk to, but there ought to be at least some bacteria and algae and stuff out there. And uh, anyway, uh, it's kind of fun to see it. DNA is alien after all. Well, maybe. Um, And, you know, there is some exchange from planets to planets. You know, the moon totally came from something collided with the Earth and bounced back up. It's not like a planet is an isolated system at all or a solar system. There is some spreading across the uh, various solar systems. So, I don't know, we might go to another planet and find things growing there that are like what we have here. And that'll be pretty soon. We're making a lot of progress finding uh, uh, extraterrestrial planets of the type to support life. So, you know, I won't live for it, but in a few centuries, we ought to have some robot probes out there sending back some pictures and find out what's out there. Anyway, and back home, we've got DigiDog. Yeah,
1: so uh, in their infinite wisdom, the NYPD uh, bought a $100,000 police dog robot, and it made it four months before it got retired because... (laughs) Shockingly, this didn't go over well with the public, so uh, they they retired it. And um, you know, here goes crazy AOC again, saying like maybe you could put that hundred dollars, hundred thousand dollars to better use elsewhere. Uh, you know, when's the last time you you saw cutting edge technology uh, for schools? Uh, <laughs> you know, in in one of these communities. Um, <clears throat> And one of the things that blew my mind about this is this, this $100,000 robot dog is really just a camera.
0: That's all it is. With legs. With legs. Well, it needs a death ray. And then, I mean, I don't know, I like the robot dog. Even
1: yeah, well, it, they, they can't put a death ray on it because uh, Boston Dynamics explicitly uh, forg- forbids that in the contracts for these things.
0: But you know, they already there. There was a the guy, I think, in in Texas that used their bomb defusing robot and stuck a hand grenade on it to block yes. that guy. That would be the yes. first thing I would do if I was a cop. I would totally send this into like a hostage situation with a hand grenade on it or something. I mean, I think it could be really valuable for law enforcement. Sure. sure. Um, but you know, I I I wouldn't just immediately discard it like they did. I think what they needed to do was like have more uh, public education so people didn't freak out. Oh,
1: so just rebranding it, you know, like Mistridium. They just need a better ad campaign.
0: Well, I think they do because I, I think this would actually be very beneficial for a lot of things, like to go into a collapsed building, to check and see if there's people in there or something, to check out a gas leak. There's a bunch of things mm-hmm. where you want to send in this little robot.
2: So those things are actually good uses. The problem with, with the way that they use that robot dog is they sent it into the Bronx for, mm-hmm. for an issue. So everybody... Who of low economic status is going, oh, now they're bringing in militarization in- into the poor section. That's that's right. really what helped uh, defeat this thing and send it back. It's yeah, you know, you know, bad track of a the yeah. yeah. If they well, had a different yeah. way of, of showing it or use it in a different situation, it yeah. probably wouldn't have had this backlash.
1: Yeah. I mean, it yeah. does seem like it was deployed in a in such a way as to be used as a a, a deliberate intimidation tactic Uh,
0: yeah yeah. well that's a problem (laughs) yeah all right and uh so facebook wants you to turn on the tracking
2: so speaking of intimidation (laughs) (laughs) and speaking of that so now if you have uh, uh the facebook app in ios 14 there's a little message that comes out that's uh that specifically says keep Help keep Facebook free of charge.
0: You know, this reminds me of those trailers they had before movies where some actor would go on and say, you know, when you pirate the movie, all of us don't get paid and then we can't afford to buy dog food or anything. I don't think those have any good effect. Do you? They don't. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. Facebook yeah. saying, you know, gee, Facebook, we can't afford it. If you turn off the tracking, we won't have any money. That's not a very good good argument. It's not a very good
2: argument. It's just more argument to get off of Facebook if you're on it. because um, yeah, not necessarily needed. but yeah this this is their new thing as the as the Facebook and
0: Apple war continues. And, and I hear every podcast I listen to now has edge for like a VPN saying a VPN will protect your privacy and I'm like, well, you know a VPN will just hide your IP address. it won't hide all the cookies. So right. it's not actually going to do any good at all, really. And right. so it's like it's like cryptocurrency. They they it's just another scam, you know, to solve a non-problem. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right. And then I got some COVID links. I'm COVID is interesting stuff. So the first one is um, Marcus, or Marcus Hutchins, guy from WannaCry fame. He got COVID and lost his sense of smell. So then Alita Antonio posted this article from Mayo Clinic saying they've discovered that if you lose your smell after getting COVID, you can train your smell again. They have they get four different things and smell them every day for a couple of months to practice smelling again and that helps you recover. And they have specific instructions of the things you should be smelling. (laughs) So that's pretty cool. And the other thing is they did a test with the spike protein alone from COVID on blood vessels grown in a petri dish, and they showed what I think some of us have begun to suspect is that COVID is a vascular disease. See, it's not a respiratory disease. It doesn't specifically attack your lungs, it attacks your blood flow, which is why it has all these side effects and long COVID and apparently brain damage and stuff. And they show how it fouls up the blood vessels, which I think would really help understanding it and how to fight it and such and, and explain a lot of its, uh, of its properties. And the last one I was really glad to see from the New York Times saying, we got to stop talking about herd immunity. I hated this ever since this first came out. Um, I haven't studied it. I'm not an epidemiologist, but just from a statistical point of view, the whole point of herd immunity is if some number like 90% of people get a vaccine, then it can't spread. And I always immediately said, that is bullshit. That is only true if it's a random 90% of people everywhere. Then when one person gets it, they get over it or die before they can spread it and then the disease would die. But that is not what 90% would mean in America. It would mean like 100% in the blue states and a whole town in Texas that all refused to take it and a whole religious group that refused to take it. So there'll be pockets of 100% unvaccinated where it will spread. Even when you reach 99%, you don't have an even distribution of the 99%. And so this idea that you could make the disease extinct by having enough people take the vaccine is complete nonsense unless you do like we did a smallpox and really get you know like 99.9% of the people to take it when smallpox they managed to do it but anyway that's why they're now beginning to admit what I thought was obvious from the beginning we're never going to get rid of COVID it's going to become an endemic disease just like the 1918 flu and what you can do is lower the prevalence to where it's more rare and have treatment and vaccine you're going to have to keep vaccinating people and booster shotting people forever and it will just become another disease is floating around and you hopefully can get better outcomes and stuff. But this, they've been talking about this herd immunity where it's just gonna be gone. And that was all nonsense from the stars, so. Oh, wouldn't herd
2: immunity actually work if it was global herd immunity?
0: Uh, no, I don't think so. Even then, um, if you got 90% of all the people on earth to take the vaccine, it would still not make the disease extinct because there would be whole pockets somewhere where nobody got vaccinated. It would would breed there. That's what happened with smallpox. You really have to like go hunt down every little pocket and wipe it out there. We've only eliminated two diseases in the entire history of the human race, smallpox and one other one that's less famous. It is an unbelievable effort to really exterminate a disease. And I don't think anybody imagines that COVID is important enough to justify that kind of effort. Far more important would be to wipe out something like malaria. But, you know, we just want to That's why I said the only, COVID is 10 times worse than the flu, and the only reasonable thing we can do is stamp it down by a factor of 10, where it's about as bad as the flu, and then we'll just accept it and live with it. And now they're finally talking about that, which makes a lot more sense to me. Anyway, um, so that's it for that. And then we're down to uh, Florida. Oh, yeah, Florida wants to make it illegal to ban people on Twitter.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so, uh... You know, we put we pull, but we have now started getting um, uh, state-specific internet laws in place, and it started really, you know, with California putting in a, a data privacy act. Um, but uh, not every state uses their uses their power to protect folks. Uh, this, uh, law was, was pushed forth by, um, Florida's governor, um, which seems to be, uh, <laughs> deliberately, um, it seems to be, it's, it really seems to align with a lot of the, uh, issues surrounding the last election where, um, the, uh, the, the, uh, some of some politicians felt that they were being treated unfairly by social media platforms, so that would be Trump. <laughs> yes, that would be trump yes. uh, only he's only one of them though I think uh, uh, <clears throat> I think some of the lower level uh, uh Republicans were complaining as well. Um, but
0: who's uh, that the Rush Limbaugh, and who's the really crazy one? Alec Jones?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, there there's definitely um, some some complaining there, and so uh, the they they actually pushed forth a bill and it passed the house already. It's going on to the senate um, to uh, to uh, that would find social media platforms ten thousand dollars a day or. Um, $10,000 a day or um, $100,000 uh, if, uh, if the candidate was running for election. And uh, any, that would be any ban that uh, lasts longer for 60 days. Um, and the, the, the platforms would also have to make available to the public any content the, the candidate had posted before they were deactivated um and uh, one of the really amusing things about this is that uh it can it can the bill contains an exemption for any information service system internet search engine or access software provider operated by a company that owns and operates a theme park or large entertainment complex
0: yeah so that's disney paying their dues by by contributing to political campaigns so they get exceptions
1: uh, oh, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny you should mention that. Yes, um, and and they uh, specifically wanted, you know, to avoid having any impact on their like streaming service. I think it's Disney Plus,
0: um, which I thought was pretty interesting. So Disney Plus is going to ban somebody. I mean, it's not a social network, right?
1: I don't know. I I, I am not a user. Yeah, Uh, that or any other uh disney services that is just what it said in the article um but i i think it's i think it's pretty interesting so apparently you can get uh specific exceptions if you if you contribute enough to uh tax dollars to the state
0: well you know that's what Ted Cruz said in the Wall Street Journal a few days ago, he said, I've had it. I'm not going to take your corporate money. And therefore, I'm not going to write any special exceptions like you, like I've been doing in laws like this, because you guys are too woke. And they said, you just uh, admitted the corruption part. You know, yeah, you quiet about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people are doing it to my campaign. I totally pass laws in their favor, but I'm pissed off. I'm not going to do that anymore. And uh,
1: that's amazing. Well, yeah. I mean, we all know it happens, but to just come right out and say it like that is.
0: Yep. Pretty good. And and so I would think this would fall at the national level on the Supreme Court because there's been an interpretation for about 50 years that the First Amendment right to speech also gives you the right to stay silent, which, by the way, is a new innovation that came out in the 60s because of people who did not want to go to prayer meetings or recite the uh, Pledge of Allegiance in school. And until then, it did not. It was not interpreted as giving you the right to stay silent, but only the right to speak. And Apple used that to defend themselves when the FBI demanded that they write malware to hack into their own phones. They said, We have the right to be silent and not create that stuff. And that was never tested in court, but that was their argument. So this will be interesting if it gets to the Supreme Court to see what they do, because now we have the six to three conservative majority. And maybe they're going to, because that was a classic case of legislating from the bench. We had the First Amendment. And for about 200 years, we knew what it meant. And then they decided in the 60s, oh, it now means something it never meant before. That's the classic case of legislating from the bench. Anyway, um, this guy is probably our next president, Ron DeSantis. He's by far the Republican favorite after Trump.
1: Oh, that's a horrifying thought.
0: He's, he's, I think, probably the best option. He is the least insane Trumpiest. Nobody can win that isn't Trumpy. And he's like less insane than most of them. In fact, they're now they're now praising his COVID response. A lot of independent people are saying the end result of the total number what? of people that died in Florida is less than other states. Praising, praising it. Oh, yeah. Independent third party, like liberal analysts are, are saying, because I think the real point is most people in Florida go outside, and that's what matters more than anything else. Wow. Anyway, um, I know. <laughs> But I, I, this, is our, this is our next president. You're talking oh, about
1: here. Oh, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think there's nobody else in the Republican Party that comes even close in popularity after this Trump. Isn't,
1: this isn't supposed to be a horror podcast, Sam.
0: It's news. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, anyway, the air tags. I think these things sound pretty great. These things
2: sound pretty great. And initially, there was a fear of stalkers using them. Because yeah. they're only the size of a coin, so easy to hide. Yeah. So how, does, how do they have an anti-stalker feature? So this article kind of shows that the, the devices, if you have a, a, an Apple device, it will tell you, hey, there is a nearby AirTag. So if, if somebody tries to stalk you by putting in a little AirTag in your purse or, or in your car or whatever... It will, and you have an iPhone. It'll tell you, "Hey, there's an AirTag nearby that's not yours, but there's one in the vicinity." After three days, the the AirTag will start making noise if it hasn't been found by a by an Apple device yet. Uh, so you can you can find out. I mean, three days is a little long, but uh, you can find out if someone put an AirTag on you or somewhere around you
0: to try to stalk you. So, so, obviously, you need to jailbreak your AirTag and figure out how to turn that off. Right. <laughs> that would be awesome. Right.
2: Uh, so, it, so they do have some measures. Yeah. But for those who fear
0: that that they're going to be used to, to stalk you, there are ways to, to detect these things. Yeah. And this is what I'm hearing everybody talk about social media and everything. It's time that people actually think about who they're going to hurt with their product before rolling it out. As opposed to like rolling out some horrible thing on a social media and then when people start getting stalked and killed you say gee we never saw that coming right right so they they have some something in it. and if you don't have an a
2: an apple device you can still scan uh with any nfc enabled smartphone
0: yeah Well, anyway then i was surprised yesterday the day before i got an email from another instructor saying hey i looked in Kali linux 2021 and the password hashes in the shadow file are type y, percent y percent, instead of percent six, which is what they've been for a while. You said, is that a mistake or what? And I, it took me a long time to find it. There's a new hash- password hashing algorithm called YesCrypt, which is considered the new hotness better than all the ones before, based on SCrypt and it's the default for Kali Linux and apparently it's going to be the default for Ubuntu if it's not already. So you'll see percent y percent And this is from Solar Designer, who is the guy that really made all the good stuff. And apparently it's better than S-script and he called it Yes-script. So there's another password hashing algorithm in town, which is, uh, I haven't looked into it enough to know exactly why it's better, but I have a lot of confidence in Solar Designer. He really is the expert. So I imagine it probably is better. Anyway, I was surprised to see that. Nice to see that
2: that we're adding new... And good cryptography into
0: our passwords compared to Windows is so still using NTLM. Yes, which is one round of MD4, which is mind-boggling. Yes, <laughs> and uh, so Baidu has driverless taxis.
1: Yeah, sorry, took a second to unmount myself there, uh, unmute myself there. Um, so yeah, they. Uh, I thought this was pretty interesting, um, in that. Uh, I do uh rolled out a, a, a driverless taxi service in uh Beijing and um there's there's no person sitting behind the wheel to take over in case there was a uh in case there's a problem or anything like that um and uh so it's pretty interesting i mean it's it's cheap uh <clears throat> you know and i would say i would say that you know one issue with with taking taxis in beijing is um if you don't know what you're doing and you get into the wrong one you can get totally scammed this happened to me once when i was there um until I, uh, you know, some kind person, uh, thank you, T-Profit, uh, showed, me, uh, showed me what was up and how not to get scammed getting a taxi. So, um, you know, I would say that uh, this is great because no one will get scammed, but I'm sure that's coming down the line, <laughs> remote taxi scams.
0: Well, one, <laughs> thing, one thing about them is it's not really taking you anywhere. It's just going around a little loop, which is right. a lot more practical. It's almost like a little uh, tram right,
1: right uh yeah they go they go around like eight stops um in a couple miles of radius uh mile or two and but it's a pretty cool, i think it's a pretty cool um i think it's a pretty cool uh, uh initiative, and it'll be interesting to see how um it'll be interesting to see how it works out because uh, also traffic is just complete and total chaos there.
0: Yeah. And,
1: uh, and I did, I did notice that it, it, it did uh, the article did mention that the, uh, the cars are programmed to break in the case of jaywalkers and there sure are a lot of those. So, um, and, and, and even when you're, when you're walking, um where you think you're supposed to be, it's hard to tell whether you're jaywalking or not the best, The best uh, advice I got was wait for a big pack of people to cross the street and try to be in the middle because then you are less likely to get mowed down. So um, I've never
0: never seen traffic in my life like I saw in Beijing and I never want to see it again. It's like your worst nightmare. Like everybody just goes wherever they want with complete disregard for everybody else. Like the wrong way, backwards, sideways,
1: yeah, and you might just park your car in the middle of an intersection and then yeah. just go do your business. <laughs> it, it's
0: incredible. Yeah, so I mean, if you can actually automatically drive through that environment, I might feel safe enough to ride in that taxi. Whereas, yeah, and
1: that's exactly that's what I was leading up to there. That's the that's one of the most. um high complexity environments you could have to test out this technology. So I'm really interested to see what the results are.
0: Well, you know, over here, our Teslas can't seem to drive down a freeway without (laughs) falling right into a tree. So Mm -hmm. I think Tesla needs to like buy some technology from Baidu or something. Yeah, I'm interested to see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad they're testing it out. I always thought a robot taxi would be safer than a human taxi if you built it well enough.
1: I would totally take one because I mean, I feel like you're t- taking your life into your hands anytime you get in the car, there, or are there, walk across the street. So
0: I would, I would totally do it. Especially now that we're using Lyft. I mean, I've totally gotten rides from idiots that had no idea what they were doing. So I think a robot would be better than you, than the worst Lyft driver anyway.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyway. All right. And the uh, last one is the ransomware. So what's, what's ransomware. up with ransomware, Irvin? Uh, from NPR. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting
2: study. Uh, there are higher ransoms now for ransomware. Oh yeah. The US still remains the most targeted country by far, and there's a double extortion when an attacker seizes data and demands payment, and if it's not forthcoming, then they publish the data. Yep. And and is there anything
0: you can do about it?
2: I mean, other than backups and having having a, a some other fallback system to shrug and go, well, or uh, you know protecting yep, I've, heard. I've heard
0: a lot of new government initiatives and industry recommendations and they're all the same stuff change your default password have a backup system uh put endpoint protection systems on your endpoints all the stuff that we know does not work it does not work or it's not being implemented yeah like the password thing
2: you know, it's been what 20 30 years that we've been saying the same thing and people still
0: use password 1 man if you made something that worked you could make a lot of money selling it. Buy this thing, and it will stop ransomware. Everybody would buy it. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is a little like just overview of what's been happening
2: lately. Like most um, hospitals are not so much getting hit. Oh no, they are. The yeah. hospitals and local governments are the ones most hit. So are Fortune 500 companies instead yeah. of smaller organizations, since Fortune 500s can
0: yield better more money. Yeah, this is what I've heard. Like cryptocurrency mining is pretty much out because you don't make enough money. To make the real money, you do ransomware or business email compromise. Those are the ways you can really get a lot of money out of hacking somebody. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I guess the first thing is be aware of it. I would, uh, I would think segmenting your network would be a good way to limit the harm. Yep. Yeah. I would agree. All right. Well, that's it. We'll be back on Friday.